All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Let's Talk. I am Sheila James and my co-host, G. Lloyd, none other than the great <laughs> cultural architect. And this conversation is about Let's Talk, George Floyd. George Floyd, all right, well, the prosecution is now giving their closing arguments. We've gone through how many weeks now of this trial? Three weeks? Yeah. Three, four weeks. Gene, what does the Gene Lloyd have to say about where we are right now? Well, when I, when I look at what happened during this trial and where we're at now, is I think the nation, the world is poised and praying mm. that there is a just, quick and just uh, verdict from yeah. the jury. Mm. Uh, I believe that everyone's on pins and needles concerned about what impact this would have if we get in, anything short of all three. I, I, I can't even imagine what the world would look like if, if he's free on any counts, if he's mm -hmm. cleared on any of those counts. Yeah. As, especially after what's happened over the last several days with additional deaths uh, at the hands of police. Yeah. Uh, and harassment by police. Uh, so it, it really isn't just, it's, I think his soul is not about Derek Chauvin in a very real sense. It really is, we have got to transform our prison system. We have got to transform our criminal justice, what we're doing in criminal justice. It's just not working. And I'm committed that this conversation that we're having will help us begin to sort out our minds mm -hmm. as everyday human beings in a world with other human beings about what we will do. So today's like an opportunity for you to get said what you need to get said, whatever frustration or upset yeah. you may have. This. And then we, we, after we say what, what's there for us as humans, then we can start to look at what will be our response within our own communities and our, and our own cultures with regard to how we bring leadership to things like this. That's what Let's Talk is all about. Yeah, very good, Jane. And, you know, it's funny as you shared what you shared just now, you know, I have a son who's 23 and I have mm. brothers and I got, I got a little choked up actually, because for the first time, you know how you got to let something in for the first time and confronting my own humanity. Um, I looked at several of my Facebook friends with, you know, one of them's a billionaire, but little white kids and nothing wrong with that. And they're at a beach with the big boat and the yacht's bigger than life. And they're playing with their stuff. And my other friends are on a boat in Florida with their three boys and the dogs and really enjoying themselves. So the disparity in our lives and community and what I thought was, you know, those little boys will never, ever, encounter what my son could encounter what our young men encounter what they deal with so you know the injustices of america and for me personally uh i looked at a picture uh that the uh, reverend dr bernice king tweeted yesterday 
And it's got the picture of Dr. King and some of the others kneeling down on their knee in like in mm -hmm. prayer and thought. And then I looked at that in contrast to this Chauvin being having his knee on George Floyd's neck. And I guess what I'm trying to say is what time, it's time now. It's really now time to right the wrongs. It's time to create, heck, anything new would be an uptick. But yeah. really to transform our communities in this country, I mean, if COVID didn't unconceal anything, the truth is pretty much nothing works. We've survived it all, not just black people, but we've survived a system that is just that, a system. And if a system works, it works whether it's good, bad, right or wrong. It doesn't yeah. work. So in yeah. particular, in this case, in this instance, we're really looking at, like you said, the criminal justice system, um, that whole structure, we could, yeah. we could pick one. But for, for this conversation, I don't even know if what I said made sense, but I just got jarred in your opening comments about, you know, those kids have never experienced what my son could experience or couple of my nephews who have been incarcerated just one of them was incarcerated we still don't know why he went to jail he wouldn't snitch so he did four years <laughs> you know they said look if you snitch your family there's somebody outside they will die today right well let's let's look at that from the standpoint of the actual trial right everything yeah. you just said right yeah and I, I, I'm, I'm going to take it from the standpoint of what I saw. So I've, I've seen the entire trial. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, it wasn't easy. I know. I want you to know what stands out in my mind is the bystanders, mm -hmm. the people that were there begging for that man's life, mm -hmm. that a nine-year-old had to see that, that if that camera, if that phone had not taped what was happening in real time, I'm not even sure we would be having the kind of trial we're having right now. Absolutely. When I look at the men, and this is what really just ripped into my soul. Mm. You know, when I looked at the men who were there on, who witnessed it and they were there as witnesses at, in the trial, they broke, those black men broke down. They were in tears and this despair was so deep. And every time after that, I saw George Floyd, all I could see was my dad. Mm. All I could see was my brothers. All I could see was every man I ever loved, every black man I ever loved showed up in his face for me. Like what this has been like for black males is, incomprehensible there's yeah. no way we could have even gotten the world they're living in until i saw that yes and i saw that terror when those men watched that man's life just leave his body that i could i i don't think i'll never get over it 
I don't think I want to ever get over it. I think that the frustration, the hurt and the pain is so deep. And in some ways it's opened up a humanity in our country and in our world that hasn't existed for a while, that it's just not all right. It's not. And I really pray that people are paying attention. If you haven't seen that nine minute tape, that's when I realized the point of view from all those different angles, angles is undeniable what happened. You believe your eyes is as they said, believe your eyes, a human being doing that to another human being. And it wasn't just one, it was three officers on him the entire time. Yeah, so, Jane. Well, let's just listen. This is let's talk George Floyd. And you know, let's just tell the truth and shame the devil. You and I have had this conversation. Let's just, you know, nobody said it. We're going to say it. What are we going to say? <laughs> How sexual it was. Oh, no. This man had his knee on his neck, like with his hands in his pocket, his sunglasses across his foot, looking at the camera. <sighs> like literally almost grind. It was, I, my, it occurred for me as sexual. Let me be responsible a little bit for my communication. But it was like, geez. And I mean, and even the paramedics, when you look at some of the clips and we're playing a few of the clips as we have this conversation, it's like he was getting off. Now that's, look, everybody, that's my two cents. Yeah, but it looked like slave to master. Yes. Slave. I feel like I was in reconstruction. Like there wasn't even a human there for him. Like it was just a thing, an object that he gets to do what he wants to do. And it, it, it was appalling. I, I, I couldn't, yeah, it does seem, listen, I gotta be honest with you. When an oppressor does that kind of thing to someone to oppress their free will, it does occur like rape that the rape of humanity, that's how it occurs. And it's gotten to a place that if we do not do something about this, America, as we know it, will cease to exist. Maybe, Maybe we need an America as we know it to cease to exist so we can create an America that actually works. But all we're saying folks out there is, don't believe what we're saying. Don't agree with what we're saying. If you're willing to experience this, that is the only way we can transform it. Is you've yes. got to be able to experience your pain and your loss and your frustration. If you don't do that, you're gonna go do something out there in the world that has no integrity. So we're here to, that you see us raw. Very good. You see our pain and our sense of loss as humans. George Floyd was not human. And any other person whose rights have gotten violated over the millennia, 
those people were not human to their oppressor. And that is what this is about. Get clear for yourself. When you watch the clip, allow yourself to experience what is there because without that, you can't transform anything. You can't. You can't talk on top of it, right, Sheila? That's right. Well, Gene, not only that, let's just go. I want to go back and address something and just love the way you take what I say and clean it all up for us. Um, <laughs> that's, but you're, I'm telling you, it's so dead on. Here's what I can't get out of my head. My friends on Facebook with their little, and I love them. These are my, people I care about, you know, with the beach and the boats and the dogs and all that. And their, their posts don't look like my posts. You know, and um, the disparity and the every time I see the clip, I just want to say my experience. And I don't know people what you experience. All I keep seeing mostly is Denzel Washington and Glory when he's being whipped. Oh, yeah. But, just the, but the distinction is the hands up on the tree. Everything tied up. And, and the cat nine, cat of nine tails, you know, going like that to get ready. And then just being beat raw in our men and our women and our children. And this country experienced that. And I think all of it, how is it connected? It was no different. The only difference was the, the, the only difference to me, let me just say, this is my view, was the need. So there's something that you still think you can do. And it's not okay. And it's not all right. And in the 21st century, the opportunity I see in our communities and in this country is for a transformation. You know what? We may have to get to, we throw it all out and start over. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, I think that what's happening is the outcry, the yeah. global, it's not even just in Minnesota, it's global, the yeah. global outcry. Look at the headlines. If you look at the headlines day in and day out, what you hear are people who are saying, that's enough. That's enough. Now, I'm, I'm curious about, and I keep looking from my own perspective, about what will I do now? Mm. I mean, you know, I'm looking at these photographs and I'm looking at the people marching and I'm looking at, you know, the officers and their assault weapons and their masks and everything. And the thing that's starting to happen, and I know this sounds really funny, but it, it's, I can't explain it to you, but when you get present to your own upset about things, you start to develop a form of compassion hmm. of what folks got to deal with. Yeah. That's why I, I'm not for deep, what is that word, depolicing the police? Yeah. They have a, you know, <laughs> let's defund the police. I'm not, no, I'm not for that. Because we have some awesome people out there that want to do the right thing. Yeah. And that makes me yeah. think about when the, when, when, when the captain of the police force was on was sitting there as a witness he condemned that behavior and yes, it was authentic it wasn't phony he was really like this does not work this is not who we are yeah. and i have to, and now i'm starting to have like 
How do we train our officers to protect and serve? There's something we're missing. There's something we're not including. There's something that we're doing. And I think this war on crime has got to stop. We're not gonna fight against crime. We're gonna disappear crime. Amen. That's what we wanna do. And the only way to disappear crime is you gotta take the fight out of this journey and have it be about truth and reconciliation. Yes, which is what, and it's funny when you use that word reconciliation, that was something that Mandela took on. Oh yeah. In the, yeah. So yeah. this is where, and this is, I think on this point, you know, we can begin unless you have some closing words here because we'll come back with let's talk George Floyd, but this is food for thought. You wanna be thinking, who will you be? What do you need to shift or change in you? What do you need to shift or change in your church? which is the biggest place, the, uh, I think the biggest opportunity for us as African-Americans or Blacks or what have you. And while it's, it's not limited to us, but I'm talking to you. Okay. <laughs> and um, what, what needs, what wants to be transformed in our communities, how it's occurring for you, actions we can begin to take now. You know, the actions that I see, mm -hmm. now there's certain parts we definitely have mastery over. Yes. Right? So mm -hmm. it's, it, what it looks like to me is we have mastery over putting what's not working up on display where yes. people can see it. So in other words, when you're picketing, when you're marching, um, when you're writing your congressman, um, you know, anything to keep, to keep what is happening right in front of folks. So they cannot pretend it doesn't exist. We're really good at that. I think what we need to bring breakthrough thinking is what actions do we take beyond the picketing mm -hmm. as, as collaborative actions, not just separate pockets, which you could see in the voting in Georgia. Yes, that was a good display of that. A massive display of collaborative power and it wasn't force it was showing up on time ready to do what you need to do even if it meant you had to get a caravan <laughs> you look, know whatever even if it, it took. Meant, yeah look after i voted i was still getting communication and you know what for the first time i wasn't annoyed it was okay because you know what they we were out to get the job done and we got the job done right that's so it's pull out the, the box. That's right. So we need to get the job done in every aspect of our communities and culture, whether it's with our teachers, whether it's with, as you said, the faith community. We need to be. I think it's about uh, coordinated action. Yeah, it's about collaboration, yeah. and this can only happen uh, where you see you want to contribute. It's not everybody's going to work on criminal justice or police or policing reform, police reform. Good look in your life to see where you have a fire in your belly, where you see that people's rights and liberties are being oppressed and you be the answer to some aspect 
of what matters to you and bring your natural enthusiasm to that. It won't look like an, a, a burden. It'll look like a joy because it's something that matters to you. Beautiful. So no matter what happens in the end, the people have the say. And we got to keep remembering that. The people do have the say. And on that note, we're going to close for today. But hey, keep listening in for more on Let's Talk George Floyd. We're not done yet. Until next week, we'll see you again. Thank you for listening. Share this with friends and family. Gene. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll see you next time. <laughs>